Hello, and welcome to Greenlit Talks. My name is Grace O'Keefe, and I'm here to tell you about some of the incredible projects that you can currently be a part of over at greenlit.fund. Today, we're going to be talking about Beyond the Red Light, an incredibly timely and important documentary exploring the global sex workers' rights movement. This podcast includes an interview with director Pauline Blanchett and co-director Sabrina Jones that was recorded when their campaign launched on September 8th. It's now the end of September, and I'm happy to report the campaign has seen incredible success, smashing its 10,000-pound goal in less than two weeks. They are now asking for 15,000 pounds to expand their shooting in North Macedonia, the first stop on this global journey exploring the fight for sex workers' rights. You still have two weeks to support this important feminist film created by five incredibly passionate young female filmmakers. Enjoy the interview. So I wanna welcome um, some of the creatives behind Beyond the Red Light. We've got Sabrina Jones and Pauline Blanchett. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So your campaign just went live today. It's already um, past 30%, so congratulations. Off to a really great start. Um, but tell us about the film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, definitely it was a crazy start. I mean, we were quite shocked the soft launch went really well. Um, but yeah, the film in general kind of started back um, probably in January um, when we kind of had an idea to make a short film which was going to be about the ethical stripper, which um, who's Stacey Clare. And she basically works in London and she's got something called the East London Shippers Collective. Um, and I saw her do a talk at my university. And from that point, I was like, we have to make a film about this. Um, no one talks about the sex work industry and got in touch with some people, some old friends, some people in my university. And as we started researching, we realized that this was so much bigger. Um, it, this was like a global um, movement. And we really wanted to kind of um, find a way to portray that and we've had like quite a lot of difficulty trying to see how do we get this global idea into one film um, so obviously the idea was then to go into a feature film and then also pick some places that we really wanted to go to um, and Sabrina was kind of the lead on choosing the first place um, which was North Macedonia so Sabrina can talk a bit about that maybe yeah so basically what happened was over lockdown it kind of halted our filming process. So we moved online and started talking to all these different sex worker organizations across six different continents. And one of our best conversations was with Borsch, who's from Star Star, which is the organization in Northern Macedonia. And yeah, they've already done a lot of work for policy change. So it's one of the places where sex work is legalized um but there's a lot of problems which the policy implement on the sex workers themselves so i think it was last year there was more than a hundred acts of violence on sex workers by police which were either rape or assault and also a lot by sex workers family members and that's a lot to do with stigmatization and stereotypes and yeah, this is an amazing organization and it's also a region of the world which a lot of people don't know anything about to do with this industry. So yeah. we just wanted to shed some light on that and we think it's a great first place for 
the start of our film. That's so interesting. I hadn't, I haven't heard about that before. Um, great. So you guys started, uh, this kind of project came about in February, right? Or is that, that what you said? So how has kind of the global pandemic shaped this project since it's kind of been a thing since you started out the project? Yeah, so I mean, we kind of managed to get some filming done in Berlin and in London, um, literally a couple of days before all the borders kind of shut, uh, just beginning of March around International Women's Day. Um, and then after that, we realized that really we wouldn't be able to move around, we wouldn't be able to travel. So um, we kind of went deep into research and just talked to, like Sabrina said, um, loads of organizations everywhere to see what they were doing and also how, how how did COVID affect them because that's also been a massive thing on the news like you were saying it's sex workers on the news a lot right now because people are talking about how are sex workers able to um, work during this pandemic um, how do we put things how do they then put their work online or it also highlights how governments don't help sex workers they're not um, they're not registered, um, they don't get the benefits, they don't get furlough, they don't get all yeah, these things. It's, yeah. They're not considered as a freelancer. So pretty much no sex worker across the world, except for maybe like in, um, in New Zealand, where it's completely decriminalized, got any support from a government. So that's someone's entire livelihood taken away from them in a minute. And I guess like the whole purpose of our film is there's been a lot of films about sex work and focused on this subject, but it's always focused on why do people get into this industry? And I think what COVID has really highlighted is the question of why don't these individuals have access to the same labor and human rights as any other member of society? Like no matter why they chose to be in this profession, they should still be safeguarded by the government and should still have a safe place to work and know that their finances will be protected in case of a situation like the pandemic, I guess. Wow, wonderful. Um, so you have a lot of different uh, types of people with different backgrounds on this film. You've got researchers, you've got photographers, you have cinematographers. How did you kind of uh, form this team? I mean, it all started with just like a, I think I put a, a shout out on Facebook on my like personal Facebook page just saying um, like I want to make a film whoever wants to be involved just let me know and then the, the, there was just all four, four women who messaged me some are old as I've known Sabrina for 10 years um, yep. but like we we were really the other day yeah <laughs> um, but we always knew we both wanted to do film and then the mm. uh, others are we've all just graduated from university and completely different things and um, it's just worked really well. Like we've only actually met up once in March to do to do the filming. But apart from that, we've probably been calling each other, talking every day, um, and it's just turned out to be a really beautiful um, team. And just all our different skills bring something else. And while we're all really new at this, um, we really have shaped something which is completely different to what we normally do and learn about. Yeah, our skills basically. Yeah, I think what's really unique is we've really tried to make this as democratic a yeah. um, process as possible. And like, I don't know, like it didn't start off with me and Pauline being co-directors and Min being a researcher and 
Bayo doing producing and Mila being cinematographer, it was all like, okay, what do we want to make? And then naturally over time, our roles emerged, but still like we run by every decision all together. We're all equally invested. Um, yeah, and I think that that's really an interesting process. We just kind of realized that we don't have to film according to a certain manual on how you should do it. It is our process to kind of interpret and work on ourselves. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you think that ties into kind of the film's themes as well? It's kind of, it's, I, I would describe that as like a feminist way of filmmaking almost um, about this feminist movie. Is that yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> big feminists. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think it is like, we definitely don't, don't feel the need to conform to any structure that's been put before us. Like none of us are actual, none of us have studied film. Yeah. Like we're all learning from scratch and it's been a challenging process so far, but the amount that we've learned is amazing. And yeah, I couldn't think of better people to do it with. Yeah, neither. <laughs> Wonderful. So why did you guys come to Greenlit to uh, fund this film? So um, it was like just word of mouth. I was, uh, I'm the post producer on another project um, for See How You Feel with Gabby Carpenter. Um, and she basically explained to me about the platform, how it was new, how it was really hands-on. Um, and for us, it seemed perfect, um, really. And the help that we've gotten so far and advice um, has just been over and beyond like what we would have expected, which has been great. All our questions um, have been asked and it's also great to support um, a, new, a new business, basically. Um, awesome, yeah, we're happy. Well, we're very happy to have you on the platform. Um, and tell me a little bit about the red umbrella, because um, that's something that comes up on your crowd or your page. Yeah, so um, the red umbrella is basically the icon of the um, sex workers' rights. And it started in Italy. Um, there was a big, um, there was a, um, a protest march and all the sex workers um, had red umbrellas and because it started raining. And from then on, um, that image just became the icon for everyone. And it kind of, um, for different people, it, it means different things. It means um, an umbrella of security. It also, uh, for some people, the color red also means anger, frustration. Um, so it means a lot of different things for the different organizations all over the world, but it really is that one symbol uh, a global symbol. Yeah, and even on our um, trailer, like you can see there's there's footage from all these different protests around the world because when we spoke to each organization, we asked if they could send some homemade footage from the protests that they'd done in their countries. And pretty much in every shot and in every place you have that symbol, people holding red umbrellas walking through town centers. like. Like Pauline said, it can represent anger, frustration, but also passion and sex. And I don't know, it's it's an incredible symbol and each person feels very attached to it in this movement. All right, so I guess my last question for you is uh, you, why should people uh, come out or virtually come out and support this film? I think... Well, um, yeah, sorry, well, yeah. No, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's fascinating about this film is that 
The narrative that we're pushing is not simply for our own agenda as filmmakers. We're really providing a platform to give sex workers a voice and we've developed really strong relationships with a lot of different organizations and we're working closely with them to kind of fine tune what the voice of the film is going to be. So I think what's interesting about the project is that we do believe in the cause and we want people to feel attached to the cause and join in a journey which potentially has the ability to change policies, to change narratives, to change stigma, to change stereotypes. Yeah. It's, it's a film with social impact. Exactly. And it means a lot to us, but it also means a lot to the people that we're making it for. Yeah. No, I, can, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. I think like this film in the end, we want to change something. Uh, we want this to be used as an example to, to change the laws in different countries and to really highlight um, not just the also Western global sex worker movement, but also globally. So our plan is to go to India and Uganda after we've got this funding in Macedonia. Um, it really is to kind of break those stereotypes. But yeah, like you said, social impact is really at the front of this documentary. Wow, well, wonderful. And this is, oh, fuck. Go ahead. <laughs> and this little chunk, like this 10 grand is really, like it's not going to be all we need for the whole film and in order to get a lot more money for, from funding bodies um we have to have this little section it's just really important this is literally our first step yeah and we've worked really hard <laughs> we really and want the money <laughs> and we have a really great editor as well who's in who's part of the project um which is really great she's called Catherine Eberson and um having that as part of the team is fantastic having someone who's got this experience and who will be able to make the film um just that bit more amazing definitely well it sounds like an amazing project congratulations on on a few hours in and you guys are already a third away funded um i'm really excited to see how far uh beyond the red light goes um thank you so much for coming out and or coming out <laughs> <laughs> tuning in tuning in uh, <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. <laughs> On uh, greenlit uh, dot fund, um, and you can the campaign is live, so you can check it out now. And yeah, uh, vote with your <laughs> yes. Donate to our cause. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Later. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Pauline and Sabrina. If you want to hear more from the team behind Beyond the Red Light, we will be talking to the other three filmmakers behind this incredible project this Tuesday at noon on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash greenlitfund. Or if you prefer your greenlit news and podcast format, tune in next week to hear the interview with producer Thea Sun, researcher Mim Lucy, and cinematographer Mila Lewis. If you want to be a part of this incredible film, head over to greenlit.fund, where you'll find Beyond the Red Lights campaign on the homepage. You can also find the film on Instagram, at Beyond the Red Light Film, and Twitter, at BTRL underscore film. And you can also find out more about Greenlit's other amazing projects across social media at Greenlit Fund. 
Thanks for tuning in.